0: Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting all the time. Now, here are your hosts, editor Christian Berg and Associate Editor Mark Demko.
1: All right, welcome back to the Bow Hunting Podcast. We are all bow hunting all the time. And again, Mr. Demko, today we're a little target shooting too. We've got two guests who have literally just stepped off the shooting line. Here at the Lancaster Archery Classic, we've got Levi Morgan. Levi, welcome.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. And
1: Darren Christenberry, the Pro Staff Coordinator for the Outdoor Group and also an elite pro shooter. Yes, Guys, how did it go out there? Levi, I'll start with you. How would you shoot today?
2: Um, honestly, I shot better than expected probably for me um, coming off hunting season and, and just not having a lot of time behind a tournament rig. This, I'm shooting way better this time than I was this time last year. I'll put it that way. I, I started really good, only missed one super or 111 the first half. Um, and then about 15 ends in, I started to wear out a little bit (laughs) and made some mistakes, but I still qualified, um, and, and shot a solid score. So, um, could have been a lot better, but, um, honestly, really happy with, with most of the arrows I shot today.
1: Good, good. How about you, Darren?
0: My day was a little different. (laughs) (laughs) I, I've struggled so hard today to try to find my groove that I find in practice and, I think I care too much when I'm out there. Instead of just relaxing and trusting it and and take whatever happens, I, I I don't even think about the score. I really try to not ever focus on what I'm writing on my scorecard. I'm just trying to find the body and the feel, trying to find my shot. And it took me till probably 12 or 13 ends to finally say, "Okay, this feels right." And by then, it's too late. So, a little different outcome for me today.
1: So you never really got in the zone no yeah i I
0: think it's trying to i switched hands two and a half years ago so i'm now shooting left-handed and i've been practicing really really well and i'm trying so hard to show the world how my practice is going with the tournaments that i just get my own way make some mistakes and then it's like okay don't miss anymore well that leads to disaster there so a little different outcome today for me
2: yeah some of these guys out here though they just make it seems so easy yeah you know they make it seem like um you, you know there's so many of them now that are just shooting these unbelievable scores and just seem to do it effortlessly but that's it's not as easy as it, it seems it's, and, it, and for me especially not that's why you know I shot 56, 52. some of those guys would be throwing up just disgusted <laughs> with themselves and I'm like no nah, I'll take that you yeah. know I mean the first half was super happy but it's so hard it's a long marathon of shooting to not have a bad stretch in there somewhere, um, and some of these guys do it really well. But it's it's easy to if you don't have everything just clicking perfect to bleed out quickly, yeah, very quickly.
1: Yep. Yeah. So so you're moving on, Levi, and you can, I, your weekend is done.
2: I'm the
0: director of love and entertainment now, so <laughs> I'm here for moral support for everybody.
1: All right. Well, that's important too. <laughs> yes,
2: it, it is very is. important. And, and
1: honestly, you guys are busy over at your booth, because Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. It's been a big deal in the archery and bow hunting worlds, a brand new arrow company this year, Uh, 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 you know, on the target side and the bow hunting side and a brand new endorsement, you know, from you, Levi, making the move from gold tip where you were for many, many years and, going to this new brand called ultra arrows right? so tell me about ultra arrows and and what you know prompted you to to make this switch
2: right yeah let me get a little history to to say that I had so gold tip was my first sponsor in 2006 and I was with them for the entire my entire career my you know um never really Considered another conversation to be honest, Um, and uh, things some things happened this past season. I I still have a great relationship with them, but just to open the door for me to even entertain a conversation, and the timing was kind of perfect because Darren reached out and and said, "Hey, would you ever listen to to what we have or test out some arrows?" And I said, "Yeah, let's let's test them out." And it was just a perfect storm, and obviously I have a lot of trust. And this guy right here, Darren Christianberry, we've been friends for a long time. One of the best to ever play the game, um, but um, I, I did some testing and loved him. and we just came to an agreement. It was a, a really easy to see partnership, I guess. It made a lot of sense, and um, here we are. And I've just honestly felt more and more in love with them. You know, I I could always find a way to build a good dozen arrows um whether i have to cut the straightest part out of them somewhere knock turn knock tune them spine on try to find the spine throw out a couple build a couple more I, I would i can build a good dozen arrows but these what i've found is it's just been really really easy to build a good dozen i i've not turned a knock yet which i can't say that for the last I don't know how long I've been doing this to get them to hit the middle because normally your spines are kind of all over the place and you're turning knocks trying to get that arrow to hit with the rest of them. And I just hadn't had to do that. It's been really easy um, and it's easy to build confidence quickly for me in them. So
1: So were you hunting with these things last year, Levi?
2: Um, I was testing them since last tournament season, but I I didn't hunt with them until January 1st. Um, So I killed a big deer with them um, like... I don't know, January 4th or 5th, I think it was. And I've just been really, really impressed with the with the hunting side, too, the toughness. They are a little heavier than what I shot before, but they're unbelievably tough. The 166, um, I, I shot a 250-pound whitetail with them January 5th, and it ran through a tree, a bush, tumbled, and you you know, and the arrow was sticking out both sides. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not even thinking about my arrow. It's in a million pieces in my mind. And I walk up. And it's sticking out both sides still and pull the arrow out and it's still good to go. I mean, they're just really, really, really tough and, and shoot really well. So,
1: so Darren, what's the – I mean, you heard Levi talking about it from a practical application standpoint, you know, that he just finds these arrows to be very easy to tune. Obviously, likes the way that they're flying, you know, on the range, in the field. What did you guys do when you set out to create another arrow brand because – I mean, let's face it, whether it's Gold Tip, it's Easton, it's Carbon Express, there's some good quality victory. I mean, we could go on and on, right? There's established brands out there. They all have loyal followings. Mm-hmm. You're jumping into that fray. You got to have something to bring to the table, right?
0: Yeah. And that, and that was the thing for me. I was like, is there really room for another aero company in the, in the industry? That was my question to our company. They're like, we're going to come out with an aero brand. I'm like, why? You know, well, why? And they're like well we're benchmarking everybody else's and we think we can give the consumer a better experience and i'm like well so i didn't understand you know and i had been with easton for 30 years i had no intention on changing and they're like well we really want you to be a part of this program well you know a couple of months and a couple of conversations and then you know asking levi if he would make the jump yeah yeah let's do it and i'm like okay i'm in you know so The word spineless has been getting thrown around a lot. And that's really not our marketing ploy with this. It's no spine technology. And what we mean by that, when we say we benchmarked everybody's arrows, we took everybody's arrows and we checked them. What could we do better? We want to give the consumer a very consistent 12 arrows. When they buy a dozen arrows, they're all gonna weigh within one grain. And the the stiff side or the stiff axis of the, uh, excuse me, stiff axis of the arrow is gonna be much harder to detect to detect because of no spine technology. And what that is, is the way they have these built, the high modulus carbon, it's just, I don't know if they're taking it off the mandrel, I don't know how they do it, but it's just a more consistent process where 12 arrows, you may have nine of the 12 on a spine tester and you do not see the needle vary where it has a stiffer axis. Now you may have a couple that move the needle a little bit, so you can't say they're spineless but the no spine technology has made it much tougher to detect it, so you're getting a really good quality 12 out of 12.
1: So, yeah, so you're not like, like some other arrows, they may actually mark the spine with an indication so that you can theoretically build that 12 Mm -hmm. to all be oriented in the same direction, but what you guys are saying is, you take our 12, like Levi talked about, I haven't twisted a knock, I haven't moved a knock, I just set them up, and because that stiffness is, Pretty much the same all the way around you know the outside of that shaft it doesn't matter what your orientation is you're yep. getting very consistent arrow yeah and
0: it's probably not as critical on the overall scheme on the target setups but if you have a dozen arrows that has a high side of the spine it's very easy detectable and you don't line that up with your knock to where it flexes the exact same every time it comes off the bow you get these baseball softball basketball size groups if you have No spine technology where it's harder to detect and you don't have to do the knock tuning or it's not as critical It just puts the odds in your favor to get uh, your whole setup better whether it's target or bow hunting fixed broadheads doesn't matter It just should give you a better overall experience.
1: And is this is this an exclusive thing? This no spine technology is this something that Ultra came up with and you guys are the only ones doing
0: well There's other manufacturers that had like 360 spine. I think Carbon Express, you know, they call it a 360 spine, but um and that's like I say the, the term spineless was getting thrown around a little bit and if you say spineless That means that you can't detect the stiff side. I can't say that for every single arrow I can say it's harder to detect the stiff axis on our arrows. So that should give you a more consistent build and a better overall experience and Obviously with this new technology you had to put a lot of work on the back end how, how many years or how long were you working on these arrows before you brought them to market two and a half? Two and a half years, yeah, the engineers were, we have a whole room at the factory that's set up for nothing but quality control. I mean, lasers, spinners, just a whole bunch of cool stuff that I kind of geeked out on when I was there. I'm like, okay, I see the steps you guys are taking because it's a pretty bold statement. We're gonna give you 12 arrows that weigh within one grain. We're gonna give you 12 arrows that you don't typically have to knock tune. And we're gonna tell you that we have spineless technology. It's gonna be hard to detect the spine. Now, if you've got a spine tester, like I said, you may find a little variance in a couple. But your overall experience, this should be a better product for 12 out of 12.
1: Now, you know, in addition to the shafts, the consistency, the construction, all that, there's some other things. I was over at the booth briefly, and I'm sure you're, you know, into talking about this, Levi. Like, they showed me the insert system and the way that, you know, the the outer sleeve kind of screws into the piece that you glue into the shaft and it's got a little rubber O-ring and you just have really good tolerances there and all that. So talk about, you know, Levi, the components that work with these arrows, um, you know, maybe start out on the the bow hunting side, and, and may, but maybe it, it translates to the target side as well.
2: Yeah, you know, <clears throat> the component systems on them are great. And I shot, you know, the Noxus, I'm always more worried about, especially on my tournament stuff, the knock end of the arrow components than I am on the front end, just because that's where your string is is driving down the center of that arrow. So if your components are sloppy in the back end, it creates nightmares for, for shooting groups. Um, on the broadhead side of things with Swacker, Um, It's kind of a funny situation. We developed the the LRP components for that broadhead specifically. So my... I only had one hunt, um, It's where I shot the ultra arrows in hunting season. But I tested a ton of stuff. So I shot on that hunt my LRP system from Swacker, um, which has its own weird component system. That's that's different. But the, the, what I've played around and tested with everything from from the knock in the pin knock bushings, the the regular standard bushings, the knocks, the points, um, even the outsert system that they have for that one six six is is as good as it gets um uh in the industry the, the component system in my opinion on the back end is is as tight as you could ever get it without having to drive it in there with a hammer and consistent and that's the most important to me especially on the tournament stuff so
0: yeah i agree i mean the and you know we have the the, the out search system on the 166 we have the insert on the 246 we have other sizes we did a a progressive launch, I guess you would say. You know, as soon as we launch, as soon as we announce Levi, everybody's like, well, where's the 204? Well, your 23s are too heavy. Well, you only have one spine of 27. We've got more coming. We couldn't just, you know, come up with 215 skews and have it ready for launch day. We couldn't do that, but we're working very diligently in the background to get and meet hopefully everybody's needs. We may may not be able to provide every single need for every single archer, but our SKU line is going to double probably by March.
2: Yeah. And that was one of the main questions too that I I wanted to answer since we are on that topic that I've gotten asked a ton is that will your LRPs be in Ultra now? And the the answer is yes, we are going to carry Ultra in our LRP line. um, And we have all the stuff to fit them. Like all our components now are built to fit the Ultra 166. That's what I ran. So that's what we ran into like with uh, LRPs because I've got these 166. I'm like, hey, guys, my lrp components aren't fitting because it's a different od or outer diameter so we went through made sure all the lrp stuff is built to fit these 166s so that is going to be offered on our side too with the ultra arrows so
1: and and i also noticed you guys have the weight system as well so you can you can add weight through the back of the shaft and screw that into the the back of your inserts and customize that. So if you wanna play with your FOC or you just wanna increase the overall weight of your your hunting arrow, you can do that pretty easily.
0: Yeah, that weight system's available on on all the hunting stuff. You can put the weights in the back of the inserts. It's available for all the target stuff. So the micro stuff will fit the 166s. The non-micro stuff is for the 246s, the 23s and the 27s. They make them in a 10, a 20, and a 50 grain weight. We also have a brass insert for the two four sixes if you want some really big front of center so you can run brass and add weight so it's pretty much you know it's a it's an all la carte system you can you can shoot what you want if you want to try to go light, you can if you want to try to shoot some 900 grain arrow you can do it
1: so, and I know, like you said, you know, there's more coming, but right now, you know, you've got some micro diameter stuff. You've got some standard stuff on the hunting side. Obviously you've got a variety of options for the target shooters. People are shooting it here. This product's out there. It's available at least in, you know, some limited quantity. And like you said, as we had, I mean, from, from a bow hunting standpoint, we're very early in the year, yes. you know what I mean? The buying season is still a few months down the road, so I would imagine by summertime, you know, you're gonna have a lot of this available and, and people, you know, will be able to get their hands on yeah, it. Yeah,
0: we're, we're making adjustments on forecast because, you know, we knew Levi would move the needle. We had conversations prior, you know, do we need five guys to kind of move the needle or do we need one big fish to move the needle? And I said, well, that's easy. We, we need Levi, we need one big fish. And just to kind of put it in perspective we announced him joining ultra on january 2nd by january 12th 10 days later we had opened like 156 new dealers that's huge you know that's that's how you move the needle so it's uh you know he's uh so
1: far he's worth every penny
0: <laughs> so well you know it's funny oh, Lord.
1: it's funny that you say that because my next question really was going to be this levi i mean so That's, that's the reality of it is you, you did get a check for making this move, but you're a guy that shoots for a living, right? You make your money and your brand is not, your brand is you, right? And you're shooting. And if you don't perform at the level you've done in the past, you're going to diminish your own brand. Right. Same thing with your hunting. your yes you're an avid passionate bow hunter, but you're filming those hunts yeah you're creating content so you've got to punch those tags as yeah. well so you know yeah levi's getting paid uh, i'm sure you, it, it was a good payday but at the same time you wouldn't be shooting these things if they weren't good
2: no it, it is you know you have to have it's a, when you have a business it you have to treat it that way in one sense but honestly people thought i saw the comments and i expected the comments anytime you make a move people think oh they just paid you to move you know and that's that's fine. That's fair for them to think that, but the the honesty of it is, my base contract is way less. You know, um, but I have a chance, and because I believed in the company, I believed in the team, I believed in the arrows. If I prove my worth, I have a chance to make money. You know, and and that was what we all believed in. I believed in it, and the team believed in me, and I believed in them. And and uh, so far, so good. And I'm excited to see where it goes. It's a, it's one thing to have a great product. And it's one thing to have great people, but when you have both together, you can really knock something out of the park. And I think that's what Ultra really has done, so.
1: Well, and it's a good way to operate just from a philosophical standpoint. I like what you said because, you know, human nature is to get comfortable. Yeah. And gosh, we could probably do a whole episode with Levi, or you know, he's like the Tom Brady of 3D archery, right? right? Because after you've won a Super Bowl, right, for most people, one Super Bowl, what does the team do the next year? Guys get complacent just that quick, and it's hard to get back to even two. Yep. You know, so when you have a guy that gets back to two, three, four, I mean, how many world championships you got now? I F- think 15, 16. 16.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't keep track. Like every time I think it's, you know, it was 12 or 13, now it was 15, now it's 16. <laughs> you know, how do you stay hungry? And like, that's how you set up this deal. You've got to keep proving it. You got a new sponsor so even though you've done it 16 times you never won one with ultra arrows
2: right yeah yeah i mean that's scary too you you switch a you make a big switch people are watching you know and it's a it's a it's kind of one of those deals um i've made those changes in the past and let it get to me it never affect me my performance too much but you start thinking about that like man if i screw up everybody's gonna blame the bow or everybody's gonna blame this you know you make that switch but at this point, we, you know, me and Darren have both been playing this game a long time. And um, I think we've both proved that we're not like a here today, gone tomorrow type of person. I mean, we have struggles. We have stretches where everybody thinks it's over and I will never win again. And sometimes I think that. But um, the Lord's really blessed me and allowed me to, to fight through those and, and uh, find a way. And that's what I plan on trying to do if he'll let me do it again. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: Well, what about uh, on the hunting side? I mean, what do you got planned for 2024, and, and what's your outlook there, Levi?
2: Honestly, um, I hunted less this fall than I ever have in my life. Um, I had some personal changes in October. Just, um, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I, You know, God really got a hold of me a little bit in October. I'd been pretty selfish with my time, and I've got a big family now, and I just— uh, made a lot of changes personally with what my priorities were. And and so um, I just didn't want to look back when I'm 60 and all my kids are grown and regret spending all my time chasing my own personal dreams and what really was important, I thought, to me. And so um, 2024, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to hunt with, I'm going to hunt some for sure. Landon told me he wants to play football. So I already called our team and said, hey, we're not going to be hunting much till after October. You know, I've got a few hunts planned early, but we'll chase whitetails around. But no big, crazy dreams for Levi, you know, other than spend time with my family and enjoy it.
1: Oh, well, it's interesting that you say that because um, I've got two boys. Mark has one daughter. My oldest is already out of the house. My younger son is a senior this year in high school. Mark's daughter is a senior. And we hunted very little this past year because it was like we're going to be empty nest both of us you know after this year we really wanted to just be around and enjoy it does so so we can tell you you know darren i don't know if you have kids you know i'm sure he can tell you it does go by that you know it's so cliche everyone says oh they grow up so quick it goes by it really does it's amazing how fast 20 years 18 years goes by and you will not regret what you're doing I, yeah i would say that with confidence wouldn't you mark
0: absolutely yeah absolutely and you know to see your kids go through the progression in life you try not to miss any of those moments when you right so totally get where you're coming from yeah we were in the same boat this year yeah my son will be 32 next wednesday and my first grandson will be here in about eight weeks so uh, i don't have any he's my only son so uh only child but uh he's a good one he's a dandy and uh he's he, he's getting ready to give us our fin and they're 97 or 8 percent sure it's going to be a boy so i'm a big henry rifle guy so i have to start buying henry rifles for my grandson right away so i'm looking forward to that well that's awesome congratulations Thank grandpa yeah, yeah yeah. exciting they're like are you going to be called grampy or i said no it's pappy d i'm going to be pappy, pappy, pappy d, d.
2: Yeah, there you go
1: well i tell you what levi I mean, it's always good to get you on. It's been a while. I want to throw him a little more of a philosophical curveball because we could dive into technical stuff all sure. day. But you're kind of like, you know, like when Michael Waddell, every once in a while, he just gets on social media and he does like a,
2: oh yeah, you call it a uh, rant
1: uh, mm-hmm. or a whatever. Like, just this important. is what's bothering yeah, me. Yeah. Or this is what I think. Or you guys need to stop attacking each other. Well, Levi's like the Michael Wandella, the bow hunting community, right? I mean, he, Mike's a bow hunter, but he covers all hunting, right? Yeah. But I think Levi has a voice in our community as bow hunters. Look out at our sport, whether it's all the new technology that's coming, the, the cost of, of getting into this game, the access issues, the challenges of getting the Western tags. I mean, when you just sit here I don't know. How old are you now? Even? 36. So you're still pretty young. Yeah. But you've been doing this like um, 20 years at yeah. least, right? Mm-hmm. You look back and you know a lot of guys like Darren and me and Mark, and people who are older, you, who tell you about the good old days, like where are we as a bow hunting community? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And are you optimistic about the future or are you worried?
2: Yeah, I think – I think that's a great question. I, I am worried a little bit, to be honest with you, and um, that's what I kind of talked about back in October. I really had to really sit down and look at what I was doing personally, and I, you know I can't speak for everybody else. But I was too worried about social media. I was too worried about what people were saying. I was too. I was so focused on my goals and my what i wanted to accomplish and what i want to go on and i want to win this and that's kind of you know to be the best is something it's hard not to be selfish and become selfish um and i didn't realize how far in that direction i had really went i mean it had really affected my marriage um and it had gotten pretty to the point where i almost couldn't see my own problems you know and so i really just stepped back this fall and, and haven't really been on social media hardly at all and man, what a, what a breath of fresh air. You know, I'm still there letting people know what I'm doing, but I think people care too much. And, and I think social media has been really, really good for hunting. But I think it's also been really, really bad for our community because you compare everything to it. And, and um, everybody's got a different walk and a different journey. And so this October, I took a, sw- a switchback. I bought one off eBay. I said, I want to go back and do something. I want to hunt like I did when I was 13 no trail cameras, um, a wrist rocket release, old broadheads, old arrows, uh, five inch veins, a switchback, the first Excel site ever made, you know, it was the first QA. And it was like, man, this is cool. Just went and sat in the tree over sign. And it was probably the funnest hunting experience I've had. in, I don't know, maybe 10 years, you know, killed a nice buck. Didn't know it was there really. And, uh, me and mike and my brother sat there and like man this brings back so so nostalgic and just brought back so many feelings i was so thankful for that experience because it really um uh let me know like hey all the fancy stuff now and everything we have is great and social media it is great but it's not why we got into this it's not why we do this right it's i don't hunt because i want everybody to think i'm a great hunter i hunt because i love it you know i, I shoot bows because I love the game. That's why I started as a kid, not but be, not because I have to win every tournament or people are going to think I'm washed up. Who cares? You know, I played this game in the beginning because I love it. God put that love in my heart for a reason, and I don't want to miss the boat. I don't want to, I don't want to be, be at the end of this and say, "Man, you won so many worlds, Levi. You killed so many great deer and had, you know." But that's really. A small part of it you know it's it's the love of it and and uh, really portraying it the right way and because i don't want to stain the waters i don't want to be a problem in this industry um and i think i have been i think i've been part of it and i really was convicted over it a little bit uh and and so i've really trying to do a lot better job uh, of personally not being a part of the problem anymore. Um, Not a part of the ego, not a part of the look-at-me crowd. Um, I I don't want the focus to be on me necessarily anymore. Um, If that makes any sense at all, I I probably butchered what I was trying to say. No, good. (laughs)
1: It's good. Well, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying and I mean, I think it's good to be humble but I would just say this. You have plenty of company. You happen to be more successful than a lot of people in this world, so you have a platform. Right. But guess what? There's millions of us, and I've been guilty of it at times, you know? Like, man, and the younger, I mean, I say younger, you're younger than me, but I'm thinking even these Mm 20-somethings, like my own kids, right? like there's a dopamine response to putting something out there on your story and getting this feedback from people that you don't even know you have no relationship with them and it's like yeah is it really real you know and and if you're basing your you know self-image or self-worth or whatever on that yeah maybe that's not that healthy but My point is you're not alone man
2: right oh yeah that's what the
1: whole stupid social media ecosystem has created you know
2: yeah and i mean it was just kind of a wake-up call because i just felt like we have missed that spiritual part of it you know like that because hunting is a spiritual thing really you know it's a special thing and, and um we are humans are spiritual creatures you know it's a lot bigger than just look what i did and what and even changing it to look like it's what i did you know because that's really what social media is it's not the it's not reality you know it doesn't for some people it's like okay if i do this i can make it look like this and post this and then it's all the dopamine and you get hooked into that if you're not careful um and i just think as a whole not even in our industry but just as people and and everybody kind of needs to take a step back from that and realize there's way more important things than what everybody else thinks um and um you know because there's no secrets anymore really for what you want to be out there so like if you want to tell people this is what you are they have to take you for that you know until they get to know you personally and so I mean, I feel like I could, we could talk about that all day, but it's... Uh...
0: It's imaginary friends for adults. Yeah. You know, it is. It's, I, I, when I see that stuff on social media, I, I have to question a lot of what I see. You know, I, I post things that are near and dear to me, a picture of my dog, a picture of, you know, fletching some arrows or a picture of a new gun stock I bought. But I see all this stuff that people present to the public that they want them to believe or perceive this is who I am. I just that's so fake i hate social media because of that i want to know who you are what your true passions are and i want to see you i don't want a made-up version of it you know because then if i meet you in real life and you've set this expectation of who i think you are i feel like i'm going to be let down more often than not
1: yeah yeah so so how are you going to measure success going forward levi
2: Honestly, man, I have been praying about that so much. I uh, I don't know. Um, on, I think it's just pureness of heart. I really want to have a pure heart going forward and not be selfish. Um, and and that's I kind of have to check that every day. And and I have. I mean, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't say it. I've just become a lot closer to God over over uh, since October. I really made a, a big change. I mean, I could literally tear up talking about it because I've. I've been friends with Darren a long time, really good friends, and I've done a lot wrong. People see me as, and that was another thing that bothered me, they see me as a good guy, and but I, I've done some things wrong that I really shouldn't have done, and I wish I could go back and do it again. So I, I wanna move forward with a really pure heart, and, a, and, a, and I'm gonna make mistakes, that's not it. It's just the intent behind it. Um, I just wanna do better, uh, not for me, for God, for my family, for my friends. Uh, for the people that I, in, I influence, that watch what I do, because I'm not pointing at me. I just want to be somebody they can look at, that, and I'm pointing somewhere else. That's really the main yeah. thing for me.
1: Well, the beauty is, you can't change what happened yesterday, but every day is a new chance to do it better today than we did the day before. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you said, God gives us that opportunity every day to. And honestly, I mean, I don't want to get too spiritual. It's a bow hunting podcast, but. I mean, we are both Christians the word repent, you know, repentance is means it's a turn. It's a yeah. turn. You're making a turn. You're you're going in one direction and you and then you gotta go turn and go in a different direction. Yeah. And and you know that applies to any area left. I mean, you think about it, you got bad target panic. Well you gotta yeah. you gotta turn. You know, yeah. you gotta whatever you're doing, it's not working for you. Right. Now. So you got to make some changes Mm -hmm. here and we can build you back up again and get you back not only to maybe where you were but we're going to get you better Better, than you ever were i mean there's a lot of parallels there um let me throw another thing at you i'm just curious because I guarantee you're not a big crossbow guy, but I want—I mean, I don't mean that gotcha. that you're against crossbows. No. I, just, I mean, me, you are. I just mean—I <laughs> just mean you're not known as somebody who shoots crossbows. Right. I never—I've never heard of Levi Morgan shooting a crossbow, but right. you're actually a fellow Pennsylvanian. You mm-hmm. live here in PA. We—we we did a big story last year. I think it's part of our responsibility as bow hunting media to let our community know what's happening and the demographic of. The Some people will say, well, that's not even bow hunting if someone's using a crossbow. Again, I'm using it as a broad term as how state agencies define archery season participation. Pennsylvania, 70% of all the archery participants now go afield with a crossbow wow. as opposed to a vertical bow. God. Seven out of every 10 deer that are killed in the Pennsylvania archery season or taken with crossbows and the crazy thing is Pennsylvania is one of the top two or three archery hunting states in the country but it's not an anomaly yeah Wisconsin true. Michigan Ohio. Ohio there's other states and and you've seen the trends as these things were legalized there was a really rapid uptake and look I mean you can share your personal opinions but again I'm just saying this is what's happening to our sport and I, I don't know if it's you know is it good or bad it, it gets to a matter of opinion but it's changed and I don't think now you're not gonna go to those people and yank those things back out of their right, hands yeah, and it's... say you can't use them anymore the horses are to the barn it's having impact on the retail side you guys probably have discussion about that mm-hmm. I mean it's definitely cannibalized some vertical bow sure. sales and there's concerns about the amount of aftermarket accessories that a crossbow generates versus a vertical. I mean, yeah. vertical bow, guys are always upgrading their sights, their rests, nice. their stabilizers, they're buying new arrows. You buy a crossbow, uh, and they're, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti crossbow. They're actually, they're, the innovation in crossbows, if you take the time to look, there's some amazing machines. For but sure. you get everything you need, you've plopped $3,000 on the table, and you don't have to buy anything. maybe a few bolts every now and then anyways i'm i'm long-winded what do you think about all that Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i'm going to be careful with how i step here with crossbows because i definitely have a very uh a very opinionated Way of thinking. Well, we
1: like them. We like strong opinions here on the bow hunting. Yeah, I don't (laughs)
2: like crossbows. Okay, I don't like them, but I I think they're great for kids. I think they're great for people that can't can't bow hunt or older people, whatever. But I just I am I am a I love bow hunting, like pure bow hunting. And like my son at ten years old, I took a crossbow out of his hands because it was making him lazy hunting. I was like, You don't practice and we go shoot deer at sixty yards in a food plot. Like, this isn't bow hunting, bud. Like I was like so last year he hunted in a with a compound, killed a nice buck in Pennsylvania with a compound for everybody listening. And so like if my ten year old son can do that, why do we have perfectly able guys going out and just not putting the time in to be a bow hunter and experiencing that? I don't I don't know if what the answer would be to if we make a special season, like we have a muzzle, early muzzle loader or we have a two-week crossbow season, or whatever it would be, but you're, you're right, you're not getting the crossbows out of there. I just hate that people aren't getting that experience of being a bow owner. It takes the practice out of it, it. takes, really, a lot of the experience out. There's no—I've killed one deer with a crossbow in my life, and I swore I'd never do it again.
1: Well, and again, <laughs> well, I will say this, so—and I think you'll agree with me. What, what I say, because I've killed more than one— but uh what i say about a crossbow is especially if you have it on a rest yeah. of some sort to me if a deer comes in pig whatever whatever you're hunting animal comes in you get that crosshair on the vinyls squeezing the trigger is almost a little anticlimactic for me because you feel like man it's game it's over as soon as that crossbow goes I mean I know exactly where mm. it's going to be hard to screw it up yeah. in other words. So, I mean it is easier. Um and again, I'm not taking a side, but I will I will ask you this Levi as a follow-up because I hear other people express similar views to yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying you're wrong, but what I'm saying is this, if if hunting with a vertical bow, the actual physical interaction drawing the bowstring you know, knowing that you've got to go through your shot sequence and do everything right. Like, in other words, just because the deer is 20 yards away doesn't mean he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. you got to do something. To your point, it's that added bit yeah. of challenge. Are we not doing a good enough job as a, bow, as a vertical bow hunting community of sort of convincing the hearts and minds of these crossbow guys? Like, what can we do to show them that? the the increased level of enjoyment or satisfaction that we feel like we get that for whatever reason you know yeah we can just we can just get mad at them and Mm -hmm. say well you're just taking a shortcut because you don't have to practice or it's easier or you don't have to draw it you know while the animal's there well all that's true But I don't know that it makes them bad people. Right. Where -hmm. where are we falling short in our marketing efforts, you know, to be like, yeah, but but there's so much more Mm -hmm. to archery that you could experience if you chose to take on, you know, this other opportunity.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes, because I've seen it go both ways. I've seen, I think a lot of times this um, core group of bow hunting creates some unrealistic expectations, kind of like what we talked about before, even with what's... What to expect in shooting performance, you know? They see guys that are have dedicated their whole life to shooting this way, and they are incredible at shooting. Um, and then they try to compare themselves to that, and they're like, "I suck at this." And they shoot a crossbow, and they're like, "Oh, now I'm getting the results I think I should get here." You know, but I've also seen them go the other way, tradi- to traditional. You know, if the, if you know people that struggle shooting a compound or can never figure it out, they're like, "Well," I'm not going to a crossbow, but I ain't doing this. I'll go shoot a traditional bow and I'll have an excuse to shoot a group this big, you know, and, and I've seen us lose them that way too. So I think it's, um, you know, and I see, I, th- I really think target panic has been a killer of the compound world and, and shooting performance and people get so, and it is, it's the most frustrating thing to deal with because people feel like they cannot beat it and they cannot get better, um, and they just continue to get worse until they're so discouraged that they move into some, another platform like a crossbow, and they don't have that. They put it on a rest, and they can kill a deer during bow season with consistency. So why would I go back yeah. and struggle, right? But the problem is if you get through that, you know we have to figure out how to keep them and teach them how to get through this, these frustrating stages of a compound because it is an ever-evolving learning experience for all of us. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you, you guys have both been through it. I had target panic mm-hmm. really bad to the point that I couldn't hit a block target at 20 yards. Right. I'd be shooting arrows into the woods. Yeah, That is a very joyless and dark place mm-hmm. dark to be. Oh, for sure. It's really joyless if you're the editor of a bull hunting magazine <laughs> or a professional right. tournament shooter when yeah. that happens because you're like this is a problem. Yeah. Um but you can beat it. Yeah. I think a lot of it is stubbornness. People don't like change. Period. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't I like mean, to be uncomfortable. Nature, yeah. If guys would pick up, you know, a hinge and train, you can absolutely I mean, I shoot better than I ever have. Not professional tournament shooting, but hunting. Stuff's dead when it comes in because like instead of thinking about the conscious Trigger and controlling that shot and all that anxiety. No, it's like I don't have to do anything but pull and aim. And with if the if the pin is on the vinyl, when the bow goes off, then that's the only place the arrow can mm, go. Yeah. People who have target panic. You know, John Dudley asked me the question. He said, "Why are you afraid to put the pin on the target?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not afraid." He's like, "Well, why are you always..." releasing the string when that pin isn't where you want it to be well that's the target pin right it's the old drive-by and all that and if we can just get out of our own way yeah it's not that hard you know but we have to get out of our own way it's
2: definitely beatable i think people they don't want to be uncomfortable they shoot in their yard and everything's okay and then the big buck walks out they totally melt you know drop in fire wound it miss it whatever have terrible experiences because of target panic and that's what's so good about what we do, the tournament stuff, because you have to figure out how to deal with all your demons out here. I mean, and target panic, nerves, expectations, so many th- – when everything's on the line, everything's riding on one arrow, you have to – You and not that you don't fail, you fail a lot, but you figure out how to deal with it. So I would challenge people to go shoot, even if it's at local leagues or something, and figure out how to deal with all those things that keep you from having success – um, because there's no better way to do that with, than with people watching.
1: I'm going to ask you one more. The future of our sport from a numbers standpoint. Okay. I mean, COVID was awesome. It gave us this like incredible blip, like anything to do with the outdoors, boating fishing, camping, hiking, you name it, if it had to do with the outdoors, right? And, and and COVID gave us a couple of years of awesome sales in the industry, and we saw an up, uptick in license sales, but we're kind of back to pre-COVID levels at this point, and the long-term demographics of where we're at have not changed. I think we're still losing more people than we're gaining. and. Not to mention, nobody's having babies. Levi, not no. guilty of that. But if you look at the birth rate in this country, yeah. it's going down like... I'm just going to hold this up, Levi. You have four kids, right? Yep. What's the age range?
2: Um, 11, 6, almost 2, and a newborn. Okay,
1: so you're right in the thick of it.
2: Oh, you we're got, in the thick of you it. Got,
1: <laughs> you got, you know, at least 18 years yet, yeah. ahead of you of child rearing. Yeah. I'm going to hold this up, it's just my, you know, it's a smartphone, right? This, all the screen stuff, you deal with it with your own kids. I'm sure even at 11, they're already all over it, you know? Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we get people, you know, into this? Not just... It's not even just the kids. Yeah. Walk through an airport. Yeah.
2: and,
0: And watch everybody in the airport. They're glued, myself included. I mean, that's my whole life's in that little computer right there, I hate it, yeah. I truly hate it. Mm-hmm. I like the convenience, you know, in case of emergency or hey, I need something from town. It's, I love that convenience, but I hate that we've been conditioned
1: to rely on that little digital device, I hate it. How, how do we unplug and how do we get these people? Cause, cause you know, you gotta love it. Like even with my own kids, both my kids hunted, my younger son's more into it than my older son. But neither one of them are into it like I'm into it. And I'm like, well, dude, your dad's the editor of a bull hunting magazine. Like, you get opportunities to do some cool stuff. I guarantee you Levi's kids get opportunities to do cool stuff. Like, if, if, if it's a struggle to keep my own kids engaged with it, and I do this for a living and work in this industry, like, oh, yeah. What, where's it all going? Yeah,
2: yeah I think it's bad. You know, you said COVID. <laughs> that was an interesting time. And you've seen everything spike through that because people had no choice but to go back and have that experience. And then you see fishing license sales, people remembered how much they loved being outside yep. for a short time. Then and everything goes back to normal. We're back to our busy jobs, our busy life, school, back to electronics, back <laughs> to um, you know what we have to do. And I think people are slowly forgetting what we talked about earlier today which was that spiritual connection to what God's given us here and uh, we're missing the boat even in human interaction like what Darren's talking about you go through an airport you don't have conversations with strangers anymore you know you uh, you sit there and stare at your phone and everybody is in their own world and how are you ever going to make a difference in anybody you know to, to, to do that so I just think obviously kids are where it starts um and it it's hard my my nephew is uh he loves it but you know and it but you look at these kids and all my sons friends my son loves to hunt landon but there's so many distractions there's sports and school and electronics and thank you Darren and uh, all these different things and you look at his friends and they're like wait what's hunting You're like go sit out in the woods and weight on a deer oh yeah i mean you and had, they're like nah i'm you, good you've had you know? kids
1: out there right and they ask you they're like 10 minutes and they're like well when yeah. is the deer going to exactly
2: dad? yeah <laughs> yeah
1: like i never had to play the hunting video game this long before a deer came right
2: right but i tell you i started and that was landing too it was so i made it too easy for him for one and so he had these expectations but this year he's like dad i want to do it in a tree With my bow i wanted like i want to really and so when he got we got to have so many cool moments in the woods this year together and he didn't even kill a deer this year he missed one and we but we he got to see some of the coolest stuff in bow hunting and he was like i love this like i this is awesome like he was asking me can we go back can we go tomorrow after seat like we have um i popped up a blind in the backyard and him and all his cousins literally would go sit in terrible weather just to watch no bows no nothing they would go sit in that blind for like i bet they did it 20 times this fall and just watch deer in the back field and so i was like okay they got it landon got it like what i love about it it's all the it's not the killing and that's what people think like oh it doesn't sound fun to kill stuff it's not fun to kill stuff you know the killing part of it is not the fun part it's actually kind of sad and final um it's a necessary part but the fun part is all the experiences you have along the way you know it's the coyotes coming through it's the Landon was tying his bow on at the foot of the tree i'm already up in a tree and a really nice eight point walks into five yards he's trying to get his release on and doesn't get a shot but it's all those things that like hooked him you know and but it takes time it's not a for some people it's not a go one time and they're hooked the more they learn about hunting the more they know about it the more they love it my wife was that way landon was that way um i think once you get to see the big picture um it's easy to love but i don't know that everybody will and i don't know how to get them there you know
1: well i think what i hear you saying which is really good is, you know, you can't just reduce bow hunting to a transaction, right? Right. It's not a, it's not a transactional experience where, you know, I take my bow, go in the woods and shoot something. No, it's, it's like you said, it's all the other parts of it, the whole process, everything, you know, from getting up and having your cup of coffee making sure you get to go to the bathroom before you leave the house because you don't want to go in the woods and, yeah. you know, spraying down outside the truck and getting changed and watching the sun, you know, all that stuff. It's it's the whole experience. And and when you share it with other people, you know, then it becomes even more meaningful. So I tell you what, guys, I mean, I enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about Ultra because that's like the big news. Yep. But I like the fact that we went in sort of a, more emotional, yeah. You know, conversation so more, yeah, than just hey Levi, tell me your best, you know, accuracy tips, yeah, tuning, Because oh, yeah. that's what you get all the time. Hey, what do I do about this? What you but at the end of the day, it's great to hear from from you guys about hey, we're just regular guys too. Hey, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're a 16-time world champion or you work at the local factory. If you come home at night and your wife ain't happy with you man, it ain't happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just the way it is. Yep. And and we all go through the same stuff. You know? Absolutely. Uh-huh. So I appreciate it. And uh, honestly, I wish you guys the best. Well, Levi, you're still in. I don't know what to wish you. Hey, I wish you the best at the Ultra booth. I'm one of the finest cheerleaders you've ever seen. <laughs> Do you have your pom-poms and your skirt? Oh, I have some. Okay. I have so, yes. So we wish Ultra the best. Levi, I wish you good luck with the rest of the tournament. Hopefully, you get back to this room again. Uh, later this weekend, and we see you in the shoot And uh, I guess that's it. We'll see everybody next time Thank on the guys. Bow Hunting yeah. Podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.